Hey, welcome back to the Enduring Churches podcast. Alan here, and I'm normally with Trent, but Trent and Dana are off, you know, vacationing, going to conferences, developing their skills, and so uh, I didn't want to be alone today, so I'm so grateful to have my helpmate, Rochelle's here with us today, and we're going to talk to you today about seven ways that you can kind of help your marriage kind of be on the same track together um, as you're doing ministry together, so we're looking forward um, to this conversation. Glad to have Rochelle here with me today, so you know, tell everyone hi. Hello. <laughs> She's always like, okay, but what do I say next? So anyway, we got some, <laughs> we've got some tools to try to help, help with that conversation along today, so we're going to kind of jump into it today, but you know, it's important, you know, when you're thinking about marriage, we oftentimes talk about you know, you want to be on the same page. What does that really mean um, to be on the same page with your spouse? And I think these seven things kind of get at that, um, to talk about those things. And so the first thing that we want to mention to you, you know, if you really want to strengthen your marriage throughout ministry, is to talk about the good things that are going on in ministry, not just the problems that are going on. Why is that so important? Well, I think it's easy to focus on the problems because that's what stands out to us. Those are the things that we want to fix. Those are the things that we want to do better, um, that we want to improve. And especially for um, men, I think, tend to be more perfectionist, but women do too. Um, so it's easy to get bogged down in the problems, whereas being intentional about pointing out the good things, pointing out the positives, kind of that counting your blessings mentality, um, kind of resets your mindset a little bit. Yeah, I think it's important too because there are times where maybe someone, someone of the other one sees maybe something good that's happening when the other one's all absorbed in all the problem or everything that's going on that's a struggle and that's a challenge. So I think it's an important kind of blending there too to, to maybe bring some reality to the situation because not everything is a problem. Not everything is always going bad, but there are certainly times it feels like it is but it's not always the case. And, you know, we've had hard times in ministry. We've had, we've had seasons where it seemed like there were a lot more problems than there were blessings of that ministry. And, and at times, I think that can be a real challenge. I definitely agree. But um, I think that when you are a couple, human nature, uh, when you love someone, is to try to encourage them. And so I think it's easier when you're having that conversation as a couple to point out the good things because they come to mind as you try to encourage one another. Yeah, encouragement's a big part of that. So, you know, talk about those good things that are going on in ministry. Don't leave it all to the problems because that'll just kind of weigh you down. Here's another thing I think is really important. It's that timing of when you talk about things. Now, we were laughing uh, coming home today. We had like an hour and a half trip home from the church I was preaching at today. We were kind of talking about this point. When I was a new pastor, and I would ask, well, how was that sermon? I knew it was terrible, but I didn't expect you to pick up how terrible it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but we did have to learn something about when, it, when is the right time to have a conversation about certain things. Yeah, and as you get to, to know your spouse and know their rhythms and things, there are certainly better times to bring up issues and concerns than others. There's better times just for conversation. I know you, Alan, don't really like to talk a whole lot when you walk in the door. You like to settle in and see what's going on and just be quiet for a little while before you start talking. There's always something that comes up that kind of can get you, right? Yeah, you've mentioned I don't like to be bombarded. Well, I, 
have two daughters and so there were times I could come home and there's three people all wanting to have a conversation with me and it sometimes felt like you know information overload so I didn't I didn't know what to do do with it so that wasn't a good time to maybe hit me up but also you know we we all had a joke about you about your when you're cleaning you know and you'd get into a certain mindset that you had certain tasks going on that wasn't the right time to to bring up something to with you either because you're focused you're getting a task done that was important to you and i think learning that whole idea of you know if you don't want an honest answer then then don't ask the question in that time too just like with uh, me asking about preaching well if i don't want to get an honest answer, because you're going to give me an honest answer. You're going to give me honest feedback. Now, today I can ask you that question, and it's different because I know my own preaching better. I know I know my own style better, and so I usually probably already know what you're going to say before you say it. You know, last week I felt like I preached, and there was no flow to it, and you were like, I don't think the flow was that bad, but I felt like it was. And today, you know, your first words to me was, well, you certainly didn't have a problem with the flow today. You know, so you already answered the question before I even, even asked it. And I think things like that. It's understanding the timing and I think getting to know each other well, well enough um, where you know that rhythm in that. Yes, and I would say also uh, knowing, do you have time to have a conversation right then? Um, Right after church, oftentimes you're, you're, you're going to go have lunch with someone. That's probably not a great time to have a deep conversation. You don't have, have very many minutes to speak about it. You're, you're not totally focused and engaged during that time. Or even Sundays in general can be very busy or Wednesdays can be very busy. Yeah. So finding the right day and, and moment is important as well. It's not a good time for an argument before church either. Just kind of as a side note on all of those kinds of things so let's talk about the third one you know uh, to encourage each other's spiritual growth you know that sounds maybe like a given but i think sometimes we make a lot of assumptions in that area of life and ministry yeah i think it's easy to assume that the other person is growing spiritually or kind of doing the same things that that you're trying to do or is in the same place and they may not be they may be in a in a season of dryness or they may be in a season of fear i know um alan you're very good at encouraging me to get out of my comfort zone and maybe do a speaking engagement or or try to do something that i haven't ever done before that maybe is is hard for me to encourage me to grow my myself in that way and to allow god to use me in different ways um as well as encouraging me just in daily bible study and and that sort of thing as well yeah, and I think, you know, you have a good insight as to maybe when I'm not as sharp in that area, maybe I'm letting things kind of slack slack off and it begins to show in my life. And you're the first person to see that because you're the closest person to me. And I think it's important, you know, for us to recognize that we grow differently too. You know, I know some couples, they always do the same Bible study together and they do all those exact same things together. But we are at different places in our own spiritual development and we both learn differently too you know i'm i love to have audible books and to have you know podcasts as as part part of my additional resources for that you're more you know just give you a quiet place your book and your bible and that's how you do it better and so we kind of have to let each other be their our own person in that too absolutely okay so you know encourage each other's spiritual growth let's talk about the fourth one here because this one is one where 
I kind of changed the name of it a little bit. You wrote down something talking about being truly accountable to each other, and I changed it on you. I said, let's learn, learn how to have a difficult conversation. I think they go hand in hand, but I think, you know, one of the things I've learned about accountability, that accountability only happens when there's a really trusting relationship as the background to it. I think that's the only time you can have these kind of hard conversations that you're talking about as well. Um, you know, as a minister's wife, you're not only speaking to your husband, but you're speaking to your pastor, to the, the leader of your home spiritually and all of those things. So if I'm going to come and, and notice that maybe you're not um, being diligent about your quiet time or maybe you're, um, you know, watching things on TV that are getting worse and worse or something like that, it's, it, it, it's hard to have those conversations and, and to be that voice of correction to the spiritual leader in your home. And it, it takes time to be comfortable doing that. But um, I think that's important. I think we all need accountability and our spouse is our best friend. So who better to do that? And I would expect the same um, from you to, to have those conversations with me. Yeah, I think that when you're having a, a really challenging conversation or you're having to confront your spouse over something that, that's going on that you know, you're good about beginning that conversation of, basically letting me know I need to have a conversation with you and this is a struggle and this is a hard conversation and you let me know that it's going to be a hard conversation up front just so I can basically get ready to kind of unlock myself and know that something's going to be confronted and I can be okay with that because you do it in such a way that reminds me that that you love me you care about me uh, you're not throwing me out in the street. You're just trying to help me along. And I think it's it's really kind of setting that up with that trust background. That's why I kind of changed it about learning to have a hard conversation because I think there's a there's an idea that there's a skill to be learned in that. And having hard conversations are not confrontational and mean-spirited, but in marriage they're founded on a relationship of trust. And if we develop that, it will also find that we do a better job having hard conversations elsewhere uh, when we have to have them. But accountability never happens if there's not trust. And I think that, you know, when you're not having these conversations in marriage, I think it also shows that our marriages aren't developing the kind of trust that we need to have. So it's important to be able to get to this place where we can actually have those conversations from time to time. So that accountability, as you were talking about, is, is really important. So let's look at the fifth one here. So speaking positively about your spouse in public. Trent and I have talked about this one a lot. It's one that's come up every now and then. Now, you and I, our relationship isn't like anyone else's relationship because it's, it's our relationship. So we're people who like to tease a lot so how do we kind of balance this idea that we, we are kind of always joking about each other too with, with being positive about each other when we talk about each other? I think it's more um, a reality of, of presenting a united front on things that matter. We're certainly not going to change our personalities, and, and I'm not ever going to, to not tease about you um, because that's who I am, and I always want to be real in my ministry and be who I truly am. At the same time, I would never seriously say something negative to you in public. That would be for you and I to discuss in private. Um, presenting a united front. You know, in, in ministry, we often get hit with a lot of problems that people bring to us, especially as ministers' wives. People will come to us and say, well, your husband should be doing this or that or the other. 
and just to, to be on the same page with your husband's vision, with his style, and with the way that he presents things in ministry so that people know that maybe you can say it in a different way that they understand um, a little bit better, but you're always going to be on the same page with him. Yeah, you don't have to cover conversations up in syrup and make them sound sappy or anything like that. But, you know, the idea that, you know, um, I know that Rochelle's always going to be in my corner and that she always stands with me. But if she's with a group of friends and they're saying, and she says, oh, I, I need to get home because I bet Alan forgot to do this, there's a good chance I did forget to do that. And that's why, why she says something like that. I don't view that as you speaking negatively about me because... I speak about me that way, you know, I, I don't know if I'm going or coming or coming or going half the time. And I'm grateful that you kind of get me in the right spot at the right time most of the time. So, you know, I, this whole idea of speaking positively is, is recognizing the value of the other person and that they add and you want, don't want to do anything that takes away from who they are. Um, the good, good, the good, the, and the bad, you know, um, I, I don't have everything together and you don't have everything together. And it's okay for us to, to acknowledge the truths that we've acknowledged about ourselves. You know, my whole church, every church I've pastored knows that I can't do details. And so if there's a detail, you get the detail. They stopped coming to, to me with the details. They brought you the detail so you could give me the detail. I'm grateful for that. I'm, I'm grateful that, that those are the things that are true. But you're right. We need to be a united front. That's probably a really good way um, to put that in all of those conversations with that. So the sixth one here, um, to support your spouse in their own individual ministry efforts. And I, I guess I'm kind of thinking of this mostly from the standpoint of we're thinking about a wife supporting her, her pastor husband. But we've had staff members who weren't um, who, who were women, who were on our staff, we've had others. What about being supportive the other way around? Well, for me, um, obviously my husband being, being a minister is going to have a lot more um, things going in the ministerial round that I'm gonna support him with. But I do have ministries that I am working on and developing myself with other women, with other ministers' wives, with mentoring, um, younger women and things like that. Um, I think it's important for the husband to also encourage and ask how he can help in those areas as well. If I have a conference coming up or if I have, um, you know, a meeting coming up to, for my husband to, to ask and say, hey, can I pick something up for you? Can I pick up snacks? Can I be there to help clean up after this event? Can I deliver something? Can I make phone calls, just to be um, supportive in the things that your wife is doing as well um, means a lot to her because us as wives, we, we tag along and, and help as much as we can in what you're doing and it's nice, feels very supportive when, when you reciprocate. Yeah, I think that's something that, that's important and maybe something I probably wouldn't have thought about on my own. Um, I certainly have always tried to support you in ministry and encourage you in ministry and actually not try to keep churches from trying to pigeonhole you into what they think your ministry should be. Um, but I've never really thought about it from the standpoint of, you know, am I giving you that same blessing of time that you give me when you show up to things that you probably don't want to be at? 
um, but you feel obligated to be at and that I should be at those things as well. So I, I do think it's a give and take street. And I remember we had a children's um, minister and um, her husband came to her and he, he was like, I really feel that God might be calling me into this to take this other ministry. And I remember her just coming and saying, how do I support him in this? I want to support him in this and making sure that we found ways to uh, encourage him. And so these, these are two way streets. You know, how do we help someone who's not a paid minister in the relationship to find their own ministry and support that ministry? I think those things are always important and maybe get overlooked sometimes in all the you know giving up time and all the effort that goes along with ministry sometimes so we want to make sure that we're doing those kinds of things there's a seventh one that we have and so i think we had a list of seven so this may be the last one if we don't come up with another one but um then that's open communication about ministry interference and um you know we we worked hard to try to word this the right way Sometimes ministry does get in the way of our greater ministry and our first ministry, which is to our family. Why do we need to have this conversation and know when, when that's becoming a problem? You know, I, I, growing up, um, I, my father was also a, a minister, and so I grew up um, seeing the staff side of church a lot and unfortunately saw a lot of pastors and other ministers that went through divorces and, and marital struggles for various reasons. But oftentimes what I would hear from the women was that, you know, these men were getting so caught up in doing church work and being involved with church things to the point that they were never there for their family. They didn't attend children's events. They weren't there to help their wives at home. They weren't there to, to go on, on dates and spend time with their wives and families. Um, certainly serving God is our number one priority. That's why we're here. God has us here on earth for kingdom work, but he commands us to, um, be good wives and husbands and parents. And I think that is our first opportunity to do kingdom work is within our family. And if we don't intentionally take time to sometimes say no to some things or sometimes let some other people take the lead in some areas we can really miss out and those relationships can have lasting con consequences the the time that we miss developing those yeah i'll never forget the first conference that i ever went to as a pastor there was a speaker who had done a dinner at his church for anyone who had ever felt like the church had kind of let them down in some way and the first person who got up to share their story was a a young lady who was in tears and said my dad went to everyone's basketball games except mine and just remembered thinking about that I would you know we didn't even have kids yet at that time and just thinking that I never wanted to be that dad or anything like that now I was privileged I actually got to coach my own daughter <laughs> in high school um, but not everyone gets to do that but it is important to recognize that you know, we can get so busy with ministry that it interferes with, with our family and we can't sacrifice our, 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 our family at the foot of ministry. Um, our family is our first responsibility before God. At the same time though, and it is a balance because as ministers' wives, we also do have to recognize that sometimes our husbands do need to be called away and sometimes they are um, 
going to miss certain events or not be home when we put the kids down for a nap or this or that. And it, it's a, it's, it's a two way street and having open communication about that, um, regularly checking in with each other to see how we're feeling, to see if we feel, um, like we're dropping the ball in some areas or something, um, or if we're being too selfish in some areas, um, is important. Yeah. And we've probably both had those conversations with each, with each other where, Maybe I wasn't spending enough time with doing the family things and vice versa, where sometimes church maybe took a bigger backseat than it needed to take. And we, we all go through these phases and talking about them actually helps us come to a better place on the backside of all of that. Because I do feel like, you know, we started to really develop a good rhythm with that and good communication in that way. But when is ministry an interference and to be able to have an open conversation about that? You've got to be able to sometimes to turn off the cell phone and, and let someone else pick up the slack and do certain things. And then sometimes you have to be willing to, to cut it short. I mean, we, we usually never would cut short a vacation or anything like that. We had someone who could handle a death or anything like that. But when we got a call about a tragic death, there wasn't even a question what we would do. Um, because we, we, we knew we, we had had those conversations and we knew where our priorities were in that. So anyway, you've got to kind of develop all of that. So those are seven things. Talk about the good things in ministry, not just problems. Um, talk about timing of when you talk about things, encourage each other's spiritual growth, um, you know, uh, be truly accountable to each other or learn to have those difficult conversations. Uh, speak positively about your spouse, uh, support your spouse in their ministry efforts, and then have open communication about ministry interference. So, Rochelle, thanks for being a part of today. Of course. Uh, and um, I get to say to you, I love you in front, of, in front of all of our listeners. I don't ever really say that to Trent, though I do love him, just in a lot different way. So anyway. <laughs> I love you too. We're all, and we're 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 all glad that I way out kicked my coverage in, in my marriage um, because Rochelle certainly made me better, and we hope that this podcast has made you better and will help strengthen your marriage and ministry, um, so you and your church can endure. Thanks, and we'll catch you next week.